live. All right, welcome everybody. Shafer Baseball Report. It's another Wednesday here in the uh, the frozen tundra of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's brutally cold, and then we bring on Chris. He'll tell you how cold it is up there. I'm getting on a flight tomorrow, going to New York. But Todd Freeman, the advocacy baseball consultants, my partner Andrew One Tools Ike, my right hand man Chris McKnight, my partner with with advocacy baseball consultants as well, and. Uh, Today we're going to dive in heavy into the recruiting process. I mean, we've been we've been grinding it out for a little while, and we've been baby stepping it. But um, so what I'm going to do first for everybody that's out there is I'm going to I'm going to let everybody kind of introduce themselves and give you a little bit of background so you know where we're coming from and why we came together. So we'll start with uh, with Chris McKnight up in Virginia. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, I, I've had a kind of a unique uh, experience. Um, I was an assistant coach in college for five years, and then I was a head coach for uh, 14 years at the Division II, Division III level. Um, Had an opportunity to coach some pro ball and uh, do some scouting for the Phillies. And now I'm the vice president of Tuckahoe Sports, which is at an indoor uh, baseball facility and working with Jeff and Todd on the advocacy baseball. So Chris is a Long Island guy like I am. And Chris's wife, Janine's father, was my teacher in middle school. I mean, to say it's a small world is small world, small world. (laughs) So so that's uh, awesome. But so, Todd, fill everybody in with, you know, your your background and. uh, yeah, appreciate what you're doing it. Now. Yeah, appreciate Shafe, and you know, it's the I think the third or fourth time I've been on, so uh, it's always great to be back on the show. Uh, but uh, Todd Friedman, originally from New Jersey, so you got three Northeastern guys here. Currently live in Fort Mill, uh, South Carolina, right outside Charlotte. Um, coached high school baseball for four years, right out of college. I played at Winthrop University, right here in Rock Hill. Um, and after I was done coaching uh, my fourth year, I actually took a pivot and went to the financial world for about fourteen years. Uh, about 2015, 2014, I got back into coaching a travel baseball uh, organi- organization in New Jersey and met a, a sales rep from a company called Blast Motion. Um, it turned out uh, once I decided to leave the financial world, I, I took a position with Blast Motion, uh, swing technology. Uh, I cover the amateur market in the southeast, uh, and I have pretty much covered every state along the East Coast, uh, South Midwest, North Midwest. So started to get a lot of co- connections with college coaches and and um, started to help um, athletes and in the recruiting process and met Shafe and decided to do something and to, to continue uh, what we do. And advocacy was birthed and uh, great to bring on Chris and uh, looking forward to the future. So we, you know, between the three of us, and by the way, you know, everybody, I get asked again what Andrew's one tool is. So, what is it? It's his calves. It's his calves. He's got really nice calves. He checks nice. out every day. As soon as I as soon as I started all the time, as soon as I started saying that, he wears shorts. He started wearing shorts all the time. So that's his, that's his, that's his, that's his big mo. But between the three of us, you know, there's not uh, there's not a there's not a school out there that we haven't touched or been in contact with or a coach somewhere along the way. So it was it was only right that we tried to. Uh, come together and do what we're doing in terms of of, of assisting families uh, in the recruiting process because it is a crazy scenario out there and it's gotten crazier in the past you know years with covid the free years and the portal so we uh you know we're, we're navigating through a lot for the families because 
to step into this recruiting world and be completely in the dark, it's scary. And it's it's really easy to go the wrong way or not get done what you have to get done. I think just this, the knowledge and like what's out there. I mean, parents are just, they're going in with blinders on. They have no idea, you know, what level their, their son uh, should be playing at. Uh, they don't know how to approach it. Uh, they don't know who to talk to. And it's, you know, I think for us, like it, it's easy being in this space for a long period of time, you know, in, you know, college coaching professional uh, and obviously working in, in, in the, um, you know, the apparel, you know, side of it as well i mean you know you got to know people um because it's hard the portal mm -hmm. has taken away a lot of uh what the high school athlete is is looking at looking to do so we've uh we've onboarded 10 guys now yeah, roughly good. about 10 yeah. in, in a short period of time yeah. um that's recently and the, the guys recently. that we've had in the fold we've uh i don't know with close to 20 25 in the past yeah and I don't know, six months maybe that we've uh, that we've landed before from, we officially came on. I think yeah. it's probably more than that, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. You know, in, in the D one, I mean, we were we were playing with it and doing what we do, and um, you know, so and we and it's been on every level. It's been from the Division one level all the way down to uh, to the JUCO level. Um, you know, a good part. And Chris, you know, jump in on this one here. It's just, it's 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 being honest with the families, like where where the athlete is at. I mean, that's that's probably one of the first things that you have to do is explain, like, listen, you know, these are these are the measurements, the measurables that are coming through from colleges of the athlete they're looking for at each division. And they're they're out there. I mean, it's, you know, you're six foot and above, you know, from five eleven to six, you know, whatever the division one. And then you just kind of kind of walk your way down a little bit. Weight, velocity, speed, all that other stuff plays into where these kids are going to be, uh, where they're going to land. Um, yeah, and I think that that's a, that's a key piece, Shafe. A, a lot of parents and and the players really don't have uh, a, a knowledge about what division they could compete at, um, and there's so many opportunities out there, but mm -hmm. they have to fit the right opportunity. You know, if you got a kid that's throwing 80, 81, and he's sending you schools Division One left and right as a pitcher. You have to be honest with that family and be able to point them in the right direction and give them and give them the hard truth that sometimes players and parents don't want to hear. But that that's kind of our role is giving them an honest evaluation of where their son is at. Yeah, I mean, listen, at, at the end of the day, um, it doesn't work with saying, you know, I want my son to go to University of Georgia and then we're going to hire you. Well, it doesn't work that way, you know. Every player, uh, not every player, but most high school players that want to play at the next level do have a spot. We don't know where that is, if it's NAIA, JUCO, D3, D2, D1. I mean, but we have to, that's the idea is that we want to be able to point those families in the right direction. There's no point in, in doing this whole process of, of hiring a, a consultant, uh, you know, recruiting firm or uh, doing all these showcases. If, if it's, if it's, this is where I want to go and that's it. Well, it's it just, unfortunately, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably get into the portal pretty, pretty deep. Um, but the portal has made high school recruiting extremely difficult, especially in the position player. You know, the, uh, the arms kind of differentiate a little bit, but the position player and the high school level, that, that mid-level D1 type, it's, it's difficult getting them a spot.
Yeah, there's kids out there that are 25 years old, 24, 25 years old, still playing college baseball. And you're, taking, you're trying to take an 18-year-old and stuff them into that that process. It's, uh, it's a little bit different story. They're not even – they haven't even hit their man bodies yet, right. you know. And um, so, you know, you, you, made, you made a great point, Todd, and, and, and Chris, is that, you know, that – if you lo- if you love playing this game, right? You want you want to play as long as you possibly can. And realistically, when you come out of high school, you only have four years left because the average the odds are not you're going to pro ball. It, it's going to be done. So, you know, you do this you do this as long as you can. And and we hear it all the time. You know, everybody wants to be a Division One player. Get it right? You always want to play at the you always want to aspire to play at the highest levels and compete at the highest levels. It's not always going to work out that way, right? So it's to me, I always I always equate it to golf. Okay, yeah. so. If I'm a handicap, I want to go play against my handicap guys, right? And I want to, I want to compete. I want to, I want to like have it come down to the last hole, not get blown out in the first, you know, the first, the first scenario. So we have to take these, we have to take these kids, and we got to, you know, we have to, you know, educate them on the fact that when it's all said and done, you have competed at the level you're supposed to compete That's at, right. and at every level in college, you're chasing a national championship. It's not like some weekend travel baseball thing where there's. 150 world series going on every weekend, you know, or, you know, you, you, you're running all over trying to chase, you know, you're in your, your division three national champion, two, one national championship, NAI national champion, Juco national champion. Right. So you're chasing a smaller, you know, you, you made a great point about groupings, about levels and, and like, I'll throw a quick, quick plug on blast motion and what it measures, you know, blast, we, we measure levels of play. So we know exactly if there's a player who has a certain bat speed that is X and he's trying to get to Y, doesn't work. You know, there needs to be a threshold or a baseline. Um, and, you know, if you're a 7-3 runner trying to play center field at a D1 school, it's probably not going to happen, right? And so that the idea is that we, we take these baselines and thresholds and obviously mold them into, you know, because the data is only very, a small part of it, right? You know, makeup, approach, everything else. Uh, you know, comes into play as well, but there has to be, you have to be able to meet a certain baseline to be mm-hmm. kind of to proceed or going. Yeah. And I think parents, you know, parents and players too, they, they need to go to a division one game, a division two, division three, JUCO, NAI, and see the level of competition. And their son should be able to say, Hey, could I fit into this group? Could I, could I actually play at this level? Because I, I'm sure a lot of parents when I say Division Three, they they think it's like what just what Shafe said. They think, hey, we're going to show up on the weekends, play some games, and and it, man, it's my, my guys. When I coached Division Three, we we were yeah. going hard six days a week, you know, during the season, lifting, playing fifty something games, yeah. you know, trying to get to like you said, trying to get to that, you know, that the NCAA regionals, win the conference, get to the regionals, and and maybe go on from there. So, and the competition was incredible you know at, when you get to the conference championships and the regionals i don't think parents and players really understand that i tell my guys all the time go to randolph macon go to you know the the schools the division threes go to richmond you go to william and mary see the different level of competition lynchburg won the division yeah. national championship last year so they had they had legit guys who could play division mm-hmm. one just that they wanted that experience at, at Division Three, where they wanted to stay closer to home. So, parents and players really need to go out and and see those different levels before they even submit a list 
of schools. So it's, 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 it's really interesting that you say that, well, you know, two things we, we host, um, here, um, in March will be a, uh, at Kannapolis, a D3 showcase, which we have go watch Marietta play, go see Christopher Newport play, go see Lynchburg, Lynchburg play. I mean, you want to, you want to see big kids. You want to see good athletes. You want to see, listen, position, position players, realistically, you know, if you're the right size, the right speed, I mean, and it, there's clicks in there, right? You, the kid's running a 6'6 six, six versus 7'0, but he's got just as good as hands, just as good as feet. He can turn things, just it, it, does, it doesn't fit in. But these are big, strong, fast athletes, right? Yeah. And I think that, the, you know, the differential at the, at, at the levels is more pitching than it is, than it is, you know, it's depth. You may see that guy that come out there and throw, but it's you're going to see the, the better pitchers at the higher level. But around it, you'll see really good baseball players through the whole thing but you know so i took we had we have a kid at wake forest right now mitchell salvino right came through our program under underdeveloped not not under not short you know but he just wasn't physical enough like you said chris took him up to davidson because you you know that was on his list went and watched the practice for an hour and i just watched him sat there watched kept looking over at him and said you know are, are you one of these creatures he's like no, I'm like, I'm telling you, you got to be physical. You have to be ready to, you got to be, you know. So he goes to Washington Lee, gets four years there, graduates, but he gets two years free because of COVID and free year. And now he's, now he's got two years to play at, at Wake Forest, right. you know, but you know, again, he's, he's an older, he's an older individual that he's an older kid went, went through that process. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, what, what you are at 18 and what you are at 20, 21, 22 is, mm -hmm. is a big difference, you know? And so, um, listen, a lot of it is what we're doing is projection, right? We are, you know, we're going to advise a coach that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe looks at a kid right now and says, ah, you know, li listen, there's a lot more in the tank there. I mean, there's a lot to, lot to do with that. And, and, and that's just a natural, um, you know, progression to, for a player, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, you know, especially a player like Mitchell to see that, Hey, you know, I'm not here yet. But let me go play here. And Andrew, Andrew and I, Andrew and I see it all the time every year at the NTS. We see really good players. I mean, we see really good baseball players, twitchy players. You know, barrel on the ball, yeah. just not strong enough yet. And you know, well, one you brought up last week, Brandon Butterworth, unbelievable small kid, good actions, yeah. yeah, dude. But yeah, I mean, no one really jumped on him until late. No, he ended up going to uh, NCA and T, mm -hmm. and then ended up at, at Western. Um, and this kid was a dude. I mean, had had some of the best hands, best actions, best more high level confidence, and um, and then finally matured into a pretty good a pretty good player, pretty right. good athlete at Division One level. But you know that's that's the reality of it. You know the same thing, Chris. And we we, we see this all the time, right? You can go get a twenty five year old. And this will start to head towards the portal right now. Okay, is you know you're going to go get a a twenty one, twenty two, twenty three year old kid that's got a year or two of battle experience. He's physical. He's been, because you see all this, all the strength and conditioning training. I mean, every university now is heavy into building that, that weight room, you know, and they're spending hours there. So these kids are turning into men pretty quick and you're going to take that animal before you're going to go ahead and say, okay, yeah, I like the skill set of this high school kid. I want to develop them, but you know, I don't have the time I got to win. You know, and uh, it used to be, you know, your your majority of your recruiting class was high school kids. And every now and then you had a sprinkling transfer that had to sit out a year. Now, everybody's a free agent. So that's where we're competing against. But that's that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that there's opportunities everywhere. You know, it's just you have to make the decision sometime. OK, I can't I can't get into a North Carolina right now. 
right? But I may be able to go to a school for a couple of years. And this is a sad part about it because it's unfortunate for the college coaches. I can go to a division three and I can play right away, or I can go somewhere and play right away and get myself bigger and stronger, move on. And that's one of the reasons that we're starting the Academy down here is to create our own type of portal and develop these players to move on. So if we have the right kids, we can prepare them physically and athletically, mentally, uh, to move on as a freshman. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the big thing too, guys, is that the physical part of a baseball player nowadays, I know back when I was recruiting, when I was an assistant coach, I, I very rarely asked the, the coach, Hey, what's this kid doing in the weight room? Who's his weight training coach? What, where is he at now? That's a required, every college coach that I talk to, that they want to know what he's doing in the weight room. They want to see, you know, a video of him in the weight. They want to talk to the strength coach and see what he's doing because it's so it's so much a part of the game right now that you have to be to compete with a 22, 23 year old. You have to have that physicality to walking in as a freshman. I when I used to get players, I'd get the kid who was six one, you know, one. 155 and i would look at that kid and i'd say hey i can put 20 pounds on that kid and by the time he's a junior he's going to contribute to my program that's not happening anymore you know right. those, those kids that kid that 6'1 150 kid you know they, they want him to be 6'1 185 coming in as a freshman yeah, yeah the, the term player development has left a lot of colleges and not not saying that in a negative way, it's because it's, it's their landscape. It's their landscape, and what's what they have to do yeah. to compete every. You know, you're right. You know, Chris. I mean, you know, I. I mean, I went into a Division One school. I was, you know, five ten, 155, 160 pounds. I was, you know, and I'm glad, you know, my coaches saw that I, you know, could get stronger and and, and you know saw something in my swing. Like, you know, I don't think I'm a D1. I wouldn't play D1 baseball if it was if it was nowadays. I mean, I'd probably be playing <laughs> Division Three. Or had to go to a junior college, which is okay, but I mean, I think it's just changed so much. Uh, you know, not just twenty years ago, but five skill years ago. skill set skill yeah. set is just a, it's just a piece now. It used right. to be a bigger piece, right? Yeah. So I, I same thing. I mean, I went to Maryland. I you know I posted it the other day. I was five eight hundred and forty pounds. I mean, literally, and that was all hair. I had long hair and everything. I was that was a punk. <laughs> By the way, ten thousand yeah. views on Twitter. No kidding, right? Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> guy. Be that guy. That's yeah, that my new a, thing. That be that guy. Point. I'm messing with the uh, the logo now. That my my hair standing straight up. And... <laughs> like a beaker. <laughs> I do. What's a beaker? A tweaker you, or you a know beaker? What a beaker is? What's yeah. a beaker? It's from the Muppets. That did see it. Oh, 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 I know what a yeah. tweaker is. <laughs> or a twerker. twerker. I've seen the twerkers all over TikTok, man. Is that what the <laughs> that those people are? But no. And so I mean, the, the physicality of it. You know, the the portal. Um, you know, it, it's you have these kids have to be prepared. And, and that's what parents, you know, I mean, it's a reality check. And, and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, you know, I mean, there, there are measurables now. Right. And it's just not velocity. It's just not 60s. It's 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 strength. It's conditioning. It's size. How much do you weigh? How tall are you? You yeah, know, I, um, I think all that stuff opens the door. Right. Velocity opens the door. Size <laughs> opens the door. 60, you know, mm -hmm. subs. But then all the other intangibles uh, come into play. So, but that door has to get open, you know. And whether it's someone who's advocating for you, or right. if it's if it's a number that you hit. Um, but you know, I mean, Chris will tell you from coaching college, there's a lot more coming to play than just you know throwing ninety. 
you know, I think that it, that's apparent because we see it all the time now. I mean, there's pitchers who don't know how to pitch, uh, but they get the opportunity because they do hit enough. How many times do you see on X or Instagram or something, somebody throwing right, and they hold up a gun, right? And they show you the number, but if you watch the pitch, it just plunked the guy in the other, you know, it just, right. it just hit him. It, it's just, it, it's really, and I, I think, I, you know, I want to like equate that to the woke culture right now. Right. This is, I'm going to go my political route. Yeah. And just looking at him like, here, here we yeah, go, yeah. dude. But the reality of it is at some point you got to get away from just chasing velo. Yeah. You know, because you know, it, it, there's so much to, you know, guys, you know, a, a big league hitter can time anything. And these college guys are learning how to time, you know, fastballs. And if, if you get behind an account and you're no longer a pitcher, you're a thrower. As soon as you get behind the account, what are you going to do? You're going to reach back and try to throw something hard. And you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get peppered. Yeah. So, you know, it, you go back and you look at guys like Jim Palmer, you go back and look at guys like Maddox. And there's, there's guys in the big leagues that are throwing 88 to 90 right now that are successful, but everybody's jazzed up on velo, you know? So that's, that's the new, Oh, but I think it's, it's, it's got to balance out because if, if you can get a kid that, you know, is is in a high high school conference, right? A good high school conference, but he's not pounding the zone at ninety plus, okay? And he's he's the sexy guy, right? But that little dude's right behind him, and he's got ten wins in a high school season, and he's got a two ERA or something like that. Okay, you know that's that's got to be something to look at because again, and Chris, as, as you know, as a coach and everything like that. You got to offset timing of hitters, right? So you can't come out of the pen velo after velo after velo. You know, you got to come with something. We got a little guy, Johnny Risk, right? This little dude is, you know, he might be 5'11, but he's just, he's a three quarter arm slot guy with a dirty little sink and he just eats people up. And it's, it, I, I love watching guys that see him come in and watch him warm up and they're like, and you can watch him on the other side, you know, and they're like, oh man, beautiful. Oh yeah, he's like, he's nothing. And all of a sudden it's like, Little weak ground ball, little duck right. fart to right, you know. I mean, but, you know, you you hope that it goes down there. So, but that's a tough sell. It is. It is a tough sell for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pitchability is definitely one of those things that I think it, as college coaches, and I know, I mean, I did it, and my pitching coach was a younger kid, and initially he was the same way. Oh, we got to get guys throwing 86, 87, 88 in order to compete, and what we found was, yeah, those guys, you know, can compete. But my best pitchers were guys who were throwing 85. But my, one of my best pitchers ever was Billy <laughs> Hollister. Same thing, Shafe. He was 5'10", five, five, you know, 160 pounds, 170 pounds, but lefty. And he had four pitchers that he could throw for strikes. And I know the same thing. Going into the NCAA regionals, the first game, the other team – He's in the bullpen warming up and they're and they're looking over there and they're saying, BP, BP. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you keep saying that. Go ahead. And then he gets out there and he just carves them up. We had, we had, we were down, we were down in Florida. This is years ago. Taylor Thurber is his name. Okay. Dirty Bird. We call him Dirty Bird. And uh he liked George Clinton music. So that was, you know, he was a little bit different. <laughs> but we were down there and we were playing against the Scorpions, and they were the big to do then, right? You know, the Orlando Scorpions, man. Yeah. These were big D1 guys. And they had this lefty getting on, get a pitch to a pitch. They let him warm up on the game mound in front of all these scouts. And they sent Thurber down to behind right field, right? And Thurber would pull the hat down here, socks up. I mean, he was just a, he was just a, I'm just here to pitch, man. I'm just here to have a good time. 
And I got pissed, right? So I walked behind all these scouts. I said, guess what, dudes? Okay, you know that, that little freak out there behind right field is going to carve this team up? And you're sitting here watching this guy because he's throwing 90 and you're all excited about it? Yeah. You watch what happens. Shut him down to nothing. Just right. the whole freaking time. It was yeah. beautiful. I mean, yeah, the pitchability is just massive. And a kid like that, I mean, again, we can go down the list. I mean, the best pitcher I ever played with, you know, it was a high draft pick. I mean, you know, again, this is 2002. I mean, he was 85 to 88. I mean, he beat six power five yeah. schools, you know, my junior year. I mean, he was, he just absolutely carved. I mean, Kevin Slowey, who pitched, he pitched at Winthrop. That's his jersey right there. Yeah. Slowey's jersey. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. So Slowey, you know, pitched at Winthrop, you yeah. know, um, he was, he came in as a, a non-scholarship player. I mean, he was, you know, 83, 85, then got up to 88 and had a seven, eight year major league career. I mean, so, you know, I think, you know, at some point, hopefully we level out and we realize that, you know, pitchability is more important than, you know, trying to throw as hard as you can, you know, you know, head high. Right. Right. I mean, right up, right up the road right now, Robert Woodard. Right. Yeah. At sure. UNCC. I think he still holds the, the wins record at North Carolina. Oh, wow. Okay. He was pus after pus after pus. But he and, dealt. But he dealt. And he just threw strikes, changed speed, kept hitters off balance, and he was smart. And, yeah, uh, just, you know. You know. But, um, but yeah, no, we were just, I mean, again, it's a good conversation because we were just talking about this, about one of our kids and, 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 uh, it, and, you know, and obviously, you know, we have a, we have a left-handed pitcher up and who plays for Chris, um, you know, Cal Travers, who's a 25, who's, you know, mid eighties, but mm -hmm. look at his numbers, just absolutely carbs, yeah. you know, I mean, the pitchability component has to come into play and, and a school has to be able to take a chance and see that kid and say, well, he's going to be throwing probably upper eighties. You know, may, you know, maybe touching nines once he's here, and he can absolutely deal. I mean, you know, up, upper eighties and upper eighties with with good off speed yeah. stuff makes it look like it's ninety two. Oh, for sure. You can pitch backwards with that if you're throwing strikes. You can keep guys off balance, and then if you have to go to a a, a strikeout and you want to go mass high, you know, you've got them off balance. But if you're just reaching back, if you're a two pitch guy, yeah, fastball slider, fastball slider, fastball slider, you better have a wipeout slider. Right. You better have a wipeout slider. Right. Um, so the, I mean, these are the things that we, you know, that we have to, uh, we have to deal with, with college coaches and we have to, you know, explain to parents, you know, we're talking about position guys. Um, you know, and I think there's a, there's a lot, a lot more delusion in terms of, you know, uh, the parent side is, you know, my kid's that kind of player or my kid's been that, or my kids played for that with that guy forever. Um, but in reality, you know, each level you move up, you get rid of the dead wood, right? Yeah. And, you know, everybody starts to become dudes. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're in this, you're in this world and it becomes, it becomes a reality check because the greatest Delta, we've said this over the greatest Delta is from high school to college. Yeah. And it's even bigger now than it used to be in the past because you have bigger, stronger, older players. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And one of the things, I think one of the other things that parents and players don't really spend enough time talking about, and that's where I think, you know, we come in and we, and we can kind of educate them on this is I, it's, it's very easy to see a guy throwing for a college coach. This guy throws, you know, X amount of velo, this guy hits, this guy's got, you know, 95 exit velo and his bat speed. Those, those things they don't need us for, you know, they, they need us to, for that. What's that kid's heart? What's that? What does he do to prepare himself? And mm -hmm. I think that's what people, when I used to send out stuff to, to the high school coaches, 
I want to know how many times the kid was late to school. How many times was he late to practice? What does he do? Is he the kid who helps pick up balls or does he pick up one ball when everyone else is picking up 10? You know, that because as a college coach, I want those kids. That, that's my career. If I bring in a kid who's not aligned with the philosophy or is not just a, is not a good kid, one bad kid can ruin my whole program. And that's what I think parents and players too, everybody's focused on, you know, how good I am as a player or a hitter or how good am I as a pitcher, but they also have to be a good person, you know, and, and the character counts thing is, is really important. And I think that that's, that's the stuff that you really can't, measure that that's what you need you know guys like us and the travel coaches and you know the high school coaches really to shed some light on that and parents have to understand that that's a big part of the recruiting process also just like the pro guys right you know shafe when you did you know they have fill fill out a psychology 130 questions they don't want to get some guy giving millions of dollars and he comes in and okay he's a great player but you know, he's off the charts. He's a head case. That's yeah. not going to help the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I say it all the time and I'm a, and I work for an analytical company. Uh, data is only a part of it, right? I mean, the person, uh, the approach, what they do outside of the game, you know, mm -hmm. how they treat people. I mean, that, those are the things that really matter. I mean, uh, we had a, uh, Andrew, you just posted up one of our listeners posted something really cool. Um, you know, heart and grit isn't measured and it should be. I mean, yeah, if there was a measurable for that stuff, yeah. you know, that would be a, it'll be a lot easier because when, it, when some of these, you know, bad apples get on campus, you don't really know about it. You know, it's a problem, you know, mm -hmm. uh, who was it? Uh, who Skip Bertman has a great video a long time ago from the eighties, uh, about, um, you know, he put a stack of coins, you know, high, high up and he kept stacking all the coins. He goes, these are the players I want. They can jump on each other's back. And then he had a coin that was bent and he put the coin, the, the bent coin on and then the rest of the coins he put on, they all fell. He's right. So that, you know, it was, it was yeah. amazing. I mean, it's, it's on, you know, X it's on Instagram, but it makes sense. It's like that one bad apple can destroy a team. It's a, it's a conversation we have all the time is that, you know, at the next level, again, showcase travel, baseball, all that other stuff, people pay to play. Right. So they, they get opportunity even when they sometimes shouldn't. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the nature of our, our game. But at the next level, these guys have no time to manage your personality and no. especially in pro ball. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no. you're not producing you're an idiot. You know, you, if you're, you can be an idiot in pro ball and produce and go. Yeah. But in college, if you're an idiot and you're, you know, you're not, it's, it, it, it's not going to happen. But Correct. you know, there's the, uh, you know, on the, on the, uh, the post I put about the show today, there's certain things that, you know, that I wanted to touch on and, you know, let's, showcase camps and, uh, you know, and developmental teams and things like that. So, you know, I, I, to us, I think we're finding out along the way that the camps to go to are the college camps yeah. to go to the camps that these colleges are putting on and especially the prospect camps. And I think that, you know, we're fortunate, you know, with our, with our network and our, you know, our years of experience that, you know, if we have a kid going to a camp, we'll call before he gets there or we'll send video before he gets there. It's not, 
you know, a sea of people. And we've seen that so many times, right? That these kids go, well, I'm going to this camp. I'm going to that camp. And you got to find your way. You got to navigate, navigate your way out of that. When you have 200 kids there head first show ball, those guys are like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I understand what they're there for. Right. I mean, they're taking care of the college coaches, but they're also giving a high academic kid a chance mm-hmm. to That's be right. seen, but you're going to go in there, you know, with 250 kids and one coach gets you for, one coach gets to watch you for two days, not the whole, it's the mass. So you really don't know where you're going. You think you're going to the right place, but not necessarily are you. The guys that are going to get the attention of the guys that have like, like us that have reached out and right. said, here comes our guys, put extra eyes on them, put your arm around them, just, you know, say hello or whatever. And, you know, and then watch them a little bit more because you, you have to separate it out. They can't, you know, they can't figure out out of all these people, you know, where the dude is. Because there's a lot of stock players out there. To Chris's point earlier, we see a lot of players, right? So where do these guys go, Todd and Chris? Where, you know, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, agreed. And it's I think the 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 idea that if they could have someone um, that is again we're using this term advocating for them prior to a camp, you know, it, it makes a world of difference because that coach is going to check in prior. They're going to check in with you after the camp and mm-hmm. give you honest feedback. Uh, which is extremely important not to say that college coaches don't give the players honest feedback, but you're right. It's just all these kids funneling through. If there is no prior connection, it's probably a little bit different. So, you know, so the idea is that we want to know, first of all, where, you know, there's a lot of questions you ask when you sit down with a family, where would you like to play? What location, you know, how, how big of a school that we go through all that. So we pinpoint some schools that what's your financial situation, financial situation. We have to evaluate you. It's our opinion, you know, it comes into play. And then we come up with a list of camps where we should be going to, right? And then we can do our, uh, you know, reach out or outreach to to those particular colleges. Um, you know, again, you know, does everyone have someone like us advocating for them? No. I mean, that's why, you know, I think I think our services is extremely important, you know. But, um, but yeah, going to the right place where you, the player, can play um, and getting honest feedback I think is crucial. Yeah. And that's and that's one of the one of the big things I think where where for us you know for our guys it's a plus because we can we can be honest with them and tell them you know yeah this is a they say there's going to be ninety college coaches there okay that's great but uh, are any of those schools even remotely close to what you're looking for do they have your major you know is it is, you want to be on that suburban campus do you want to be on a campus that is out in the country or you want to be in the city. So I, I think when, when it all boils down, you have to really look at the school and say, hey, would I go to school there if I couldn't play baseball? Mm-hmm. If I was just a regular student athlete, it's just a regular student and not an athlete, would I go to that school? That, that's got to be the first thing. And, and then, okay, because baseball, unfortunately, sometimes guys get hurt. Sure. And then you, then you have to, and then you're looking for another place because you just went there to play baseball. Mm-hmm. That that's not a smart move, you know. Just educational wise, but even financially, it's not a smart mm-hmm. move. So we try to get those guys in line with that as well. A big a, a big piece of what we do with advocacy as well, and it, it, and it, again, this is the reason that we, the three of us came together is because of our network. It's just expanded our network. We know so many, but you know, if we send a kid into camp, we call them, say, keep an eye on them we finished the conversation with, we're going to, we're going to call you back or call us back after the camp and give us your evaluation. So, because the college coach doesn't want to walk up to a kid and go, mm, you know, you just didn't cut it or whatever. Um, you know, but they'll tell us 
And, you know, and then we'll be honest with where we lay through. Like, listen, you fell short here. You know, they like it, but you didn't do X, you know, and, and that's reality. Okay. So if that's the case, and we say this all the time, we have thick skin in this business. We have to, right. You know, we send kids there that we like that we've seen over and over and over again. And we say, we know he can play here, but he may go in there for that one day and just not be whatever. So they don't like you. He's off their list, right? You know, it's tough to come back, but now we can, now we can regroup. Okay. Let's move. And if we keep moving, you know, in the right direction, we'll land in the right place. We use, we always kind of land in the right place. I mean, in anything you do in sales and recruiting, whatever transparency is crucial. Um, we want to hear from a cut now. We're not going to maybe not agree with it, but we want to hear from a college that you know, if we send a player to them and they said, you know, he's not there. That's good to know. Cross him off the list. Right. Yeah. We can move on. We want to make sure, you know, this is not a process of elimination, but it sort of is, you know, I mean, you know, obviously there's kids out there that are just going to be at the top of the food chain, right? They don't need a service like us. They don't need someone advocating for them, you know, but the majority of players do. And so, you know, we want to know exactly, hey, listen, coach, you know, we sent, you know, you know, he was, he was his best this weekend. Is, is it good enough? You know, and a yes or a no. So it's nice to know college coaches that will give you that, that real transparency, which is extremely important. Yeah, there's a trust factor on our level. I mean, they, they respect these guys know that we're trying to help them as much as we're trying to advocate for, you know, we're trying to give them players that we think that they can go there. And then, you know, and then we'll have kids, we'll have families that come up to us and say, I want, I want to go to this camp, I want to go to this camp. And it's like, listen, you know, you're not that guy. You know, you want to go to that camp because you want to get on that field. Now, let's just say you want to go down to Clemson because you're a Clemson fan your whole life and you want to just get on that field. Then go, have fun, enjoy the camp, but don't expect anything from that. Right. You know, um, but if you go to this camp over here, there's a chance that you'll uh, that you'll get selected. Um, so, you know, camps are camps are important. Showcase events. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm hit or miss on that, you yeah. know, because not always are the in showcase events, not always are the decision makers coming to that showcase. Sure. And that's a big piece. But if you can get on that campus. There's a good chance that that guy's around, and there's a good chance that they're gonna get they're gonna get eyes, um, you know, on the talent. That uh, there's sure. there's certain ones that for the for the price it's worth it. I think to get eyes on, but well, there's certain ones that are like you're paying that to go there. Sure, sure, yeah. 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 And, and listen, you know, we we know. I mean, we're potentially partnering with a with a showcase, uh, you know, company this coming fall, mm-hmm. and and so we know we we have to vet the whole thing out as well as them and and the, the idea is this is like you're right shape i mean who is the decision maker are they going to be there or is the messenger you know you know yeah, assistant coach, is he the recruiting is, coordinator or is, is he, he the guy that's taking it back to the head coach right? and is that head coach gonna gonna you know is there a lot of validity in his opinion mm-hmm. i mean that's obviously the most important i've been the showcase where coaches the whole time are just talking to themselves you know they're they're just hanging out ah, it's chilling, the worst. You know, it's the worst. they get they get their free uh, lunch and get their check, check and, and go and then yeah. i i have ones that their coaches the noses they're, they're staring at every player mm-hmm. and so yeah um i don't discourage uh, outside showcase but you definitely it has to be vetted out you know and if you're running the showcase you need to vet the players as well as best yeah, you can so it's you know it's critical. I think we do a good job with uh, with our HBCU that's here, you know, and vetting the players and bringing them in and bringing the schools yeah. in. Uh, you know, we'll do we'll do that with our All Star game that we're going to put together. Right. Advocacy baseball All Star and UDACF can come together, put a free All Star game together. But you know, it'll be uh, you know it'll be players that are uncommitted. Yeah. Just produce a lot of good kids in the past. A lot of good kids, yeah. a lot of good, a lot of good attention, and um, you know, and then you know, as for ourselves, because. Uh, 
we have done things in terms of like we've seen somebody and we like a school or something like that and whatever like i'll, I'll make a phone call for you you know and you make yeah. a phone call and, and you're like listen you need to get on this kid you know and and you go there but um but that's you know that has in that process they have to trust us and what in in what we're doing and that's why you know with with advocacy you know i believe we've built that over a reputation over years in years and years that you know they, if we're baseball people there's right. guys out there right. doing this that are not baseball people yeah oh, you for know sure. i mean for and sure. they're just they, they're grabbing your cash and they're making a phone call and you know and or they're just giving you an evaluation or they're you know they're giving you hours to, to to go through this book that i have here or this book that i have here and tell you you know this is what you need to do and write a letter writing letters don't work okay personally sending in videos don't really work you know i mean because how many of these guys get this the ncsa right i mean that's that's a huge organization and i think they work in certain certain sports i don't necessarily believe that they work in baseball but you talk to college coaches it's just like you know we're going to connect you to 1500 schools right, <laughs> right? right. something crazy yeah. something crazy okay but we're going to connect another 1500 kids to those 1500 schools at the same time mm -hmm. you know so there, there's 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 things to that okay let's go let's move on to like uh travel organizations versus uh, show and goes versus developmental organizations like chris runs the mid-atlantic orioles up there we've run cbc here forever um we have you know we have scott bankhead's group up the road um you know there's several organizations around there that are developmental organizations that don't necessarily always get that shiny penny sure. but they're getting the player that gets polished up and can go on and be successful in college and possibly even move on to pro ball yeah. so you know you you have to balance you got to figure out where you are um and when these 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 top organizations start to go, listen, if you're not on the national team, you're in the same level. You're in the same, you're, you're just with everybody else. If you're, and I say this all the time, you know, if you're getting off that bus that the Canes pull up to whatever, then you're a pretty good player. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You're a pretty good player. But if you're one of the guys in the Canes uniform that's driving up to the game, probably a good player, but you know, the attention is there. Right. Right. So you better make sure that you're in the right situation where you're developing. Yeah. I mean, listen, development is huge and, you know, and, and obviously CBC mid Atlantic Orioles do a great job of that. Uh, just, um, you know, obviously I'm watching Chris's videos and, you know, uh, the classes he runs, I think it's extremely important. And what, and what I do at, you know, legacy baseball in Fort Mill is, you know, you want to be able to individualize the, the player experience. You know, and I think we do a really good job of that. And I understand, you know, there's big organizations out there. Um, but, you know, a lot of them, you know, I hate to say it, are just chasing, you know, plastic rings and mm -hmm. and the ability to say, well, this player, we just committed to such and such school, you know, Clemson, you know, where you know maybe they played a weekend tournament with them. And right. all of a sudden that's their player. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like I like the smaller boutique uh, organization that can really spend the time. Uh, you know, with with the, the majority of the players, you know, because again, development is paramount at this age. Uh, you know, most players are not, you know, developing on their own. They need some type of assistance, whether it's through a team or an individual coach or or what have you. So, um, you know, because like we just talked about earlier, college, you know, there's not a ton of developing going on at a lot of programs. Not saying every right. program, but a lot of programs. So. Um, you know, that, that 13 to 17 year old age is, is a, is a very important time frame. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and let's face it too. I mean, as a coach, I didn't have to deal with this as much early in my career, but later, I I wanted to know if that kid was bouncing from travel team to travel team every single year, and not sticking with one. That's got to put up a red flag for me right away because it's always, oh, this coach didn't like me or that coach. Those are the kids I would shy away from because I, he's going to do this, especially nowadays where, like Chafe said before, you know, back when I was coaching, you, you transferred, you had to sit for a year. Right. So it wasn't mm-hmm. as prevalent. Now, guys are bouncing year to year, different schools. This guy's got more money over here. I'm leaving there. If that's what they're, it's trickled down to travel ball. It's it's the same thing. So as a coach, I'd be a little concerned about the kid bouncing from year to year from different organizations. And what is he getting out of development? He's just playing again for to say that, hey, we won this national championship or we won this tournament. That that's all well and good, but that's not going to help get you recruited. You know, what's going to help get you recruited is developing in that time and, and really being part of that program and starting. And, and developing through that process as a coach, I, I want to see that. I want to see the kid stuck it out. He's learning and, and he's been part of their program because he's loyal. Because really, you think about it, the word loyalty nowadays in, in mm. baseball, yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably, you know, almost non-existent. So I that- was I was I was driving here and texting with uh and one of the guys that posted up Mike Levine is one of one of the guys I went to Should be Maryland with. That's true too. I should have shut off Netflix at the same time. I'm the worst. I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, uh, I'm brutal. But you know, we we were we were talking about these guys are not going to have what we have as a group. We got 18, 20 guys on this thread, and I don't engage like all these guys. Some of these guys do all the time, but I read every single one. And it's fun to know that the, that they're out there, right? But when you go to the school and you're looking to get out right away, you're not building any type of relationship. You're not building any type of business network. You're not, you know, I mean, these guys are showing up at games now, you know, and I mean, unfortunately it's, you know, it's in the middle of what I do that it's, it's tough to get there and, and, and uh, run around with them. But it's, it's, you know, that part is that experience in college, right? The experience that you were talking about, just the experience on a team, a travel showcasing, there's an experience to that. And there's a, there's a, you know, there's a bond that you build along the way. But if you're just bouncing around, you're just one of those guys. I mean, I think we can all agree here that, you know, if we're helping a player get to a four-year school out of high school, we would like to think that they're going to be there for four years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't feel comfortable recommending a school to a player and, and say, well, listen, you can go here for one year, yeah. and then you're going to hop in the portal, yeah. and you're going to go D1. You'll be a D3 All-American. And then yeah. I think, you know, loyalty is important. Um, you know, I know that the, the environment has changed with the portal, but I tell kids all the time when they bring in that up, they're like, well, maybe I can go to this school for a year or two, then transfer. I'm like, well, that's not the way you should look at then it. Then go to JUCO. Go to JUCO, right? That's what your college is meant for. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that we've turned every single college into a junior college is kind of, it's, it's disconcerting, yeah. uh, you know, because the loyalty factor is out the door. Players struggle, a player is a freshman. And he doesn't play a lot because he's a freshman. He goes to a high t- of a team and then he's upset. So he transferred. I mean, where's the, you know, stick it out. You know I mean? Like get better. What, you know? what makes you think you're not going to stink on the other right. side? I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, you know. there's certain factors where, you know, if, if a coach kind of went, if he got on the bad side of a coach right away and he couldn't recover and didn't like the school struggled, what have you. I, well, I the understand. coach is a tool. Right. Which is, <laughs> 
much as possible. Um, but man, what are we teaching our, our kids? Yeah. You know, I mean, when you get into the business world, you know, it doesn't work that way, you know, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, wh- wh- who said this, the, uh, the wussification of America, right? There you, go. you know, that's, yeah. um, you know, that's why it, kids are soft because yeah, they like yeah. something that, Oh, I'll just leave. Yeah. And the parents, you know, the parents are responsible for that too. So when right. you're, when you're 12 years old and a, and a parent comes to you, so says, oh, my kids, you know, he's not playing a lot. So I think we're just going to go someplace else to get fun. Uh, what, what, like, it's like what you just said, what are you teaching that kid? Number one. That's and right. then the parent, but your parent, you, you're a parent. You just say, Hey, you're sticking this out. There, there's no way that you're going to go. We, you know, you're, you're going through the year and you're going to play through the year and you're going to work to get better. That, that, that doesn't happen anymore. No. No, it's, it's, it's sad, but that's why we, you know, we talk about teams There are developmental organizations, you know, like the, like the middle Orioles, like, like Bankhead, like on deck up the road. Yeah. I mean, they, I think they do a good job, like oh, legacy, sure. like yeah. legacy, These, you know, I mean, there's, you know, and we're competitors, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we compete on the field and, you know, in the past, fortunately we're, we're getting away from that. I don't have to deal with that anymore at yeah, some point. We're getting right. close to being, being done, but uh, you know, so that that you know that piece of you know where you go and what you do is is it's important it's like going to buy a car right you know just somebody says hey that's a nice car you should come over here and drive this car and 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 buy it and you don't test drive it you don't kick the tires you don't figure out you know what you know what the pluses and minuses are and what the benefits are going to be and what's the resale on it right you know what's the resale you're going to just bounce around and you're going to go and you think because you put this uniform on it's going to work now listen i you know i you know, we, I, I talk about the Canes a lot, but Jeff is a good friend and, and, you know, he's, he's figured out a, di- a different model um, overall, but people migrate to that brand. He built a brand, right? Sure. Um, five stars built a brand. Um, you know, we've built developmental organizations, you know, so you right. know, where you put them and, and, and what you do is, um, is extremely important. That's right. So we're, we're moving in the direction of the academy for a lot of these reasons. Yeah. Um, and, and advocacy is going to be part of our Pro Stock Royals Academy, which, you know, we'll be launching here in the next week or so. It's a lot more work for a guy with ADD than, than this is a big lift, man. Email. It's a big, I don't, I can't. <laughs> I don't, oh man, I know I'm trying. Not really. No. But. <laughs> and that's just surface level for him. Can't sign it through his email. That's, yeah. That's you, not, you, that's if you don't text, if you don't text me, it's just like, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. I got so many email addresses over the years. Yeah. I don't even know which one. And I can't remember passwords anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, we dropped that off, but the Academy, we're moving in that direction because of the high school player and the post-grad is, 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 is becoming huge because these kids are in high school. And they, they do have that skill set. And to a point, you know, in the beginning of the show is they got to get bigger and stronger and faster and they got to compete at a certain level. So in the in the academy scenario, we'll play against JUCOs. We'll play against uh, college teams, Division twos, threes, ones even, that have a JV-type program right now. Um, and so they'll be playing college baseball and they won't lose – a year of eligibility and they can also so, get their some of their credits online right well all that'll be the, the virtual part of it they can they can go now the postgrads have to be careful because we were watching that yesterday because right. you know some of these kids are coming out of high school with credits. college credits already so right. they can go to the postgrad and just train with us mm-hmm. and not worry about the academics because if they go over a certain level of credits they lose a year of, 
of eligibility. We'll learn, we're learning way too much about this, aren't we? It's like, it's like us in the field out here cutting grass and things like, oh, that's Bermuda, that's rye, that's, you know, it's, um, so, you know, so we're going down the academy road where there, there is a, there is an alliance out there. There is, uh, uh, PDG up in Virginia. There's a, uh, uh, pro five up in Raleigh, uh, P 27 down in Columbia. There's combine, there's IMG that's been here for years. So everybody gets upset. Like, Oh, you know, they don't want to play whatever, but IMG has been doing this forever. You know, what are you upset about, man? It's a, everything, everything evolves, everything changes. Right. And I think COVID um showed people that you know educationally you can get probably more doing things at home or online because you're more accountable yeah. you're sitting there right there man. having to do it then go to a classroom we you know you got 30 kids in there and it's, it's it's mayhem um but you know we're excited about that and again advocacy is part of that organization there they we will as a group be pushing those kids that come through here into those directions and helping the families navigate to the uh to the next part no, it's great. I mean, looking forward to it. I mean, you know, obviously we're going to get, you know, the, the kids that are at this academy are obviously ones that want to play at the next level. Right. So it's a, you know, definitely looking forward to it as a service for sure. So the, um, you got to get in touch with us. You yeah. know, I mean, it's advocacybaseball.com. You know, check it out, kick the tires. Listen, we don't tell you not just to come here, but, you know, look around and see what we do. And, you know, see the level of experience and the networking that we uh, that we've created. Um, look at the uh, the testimonials on our website, um, you know. which is the most important thing. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, as a parent who's watching this or or looking for you know a service um, for their son, is who who have they helped, right? I mean, yeah. and what are they saying about it? I mean, I think that's the most mm -hmm. uh, the most important piece of this whole thing is obviously where are they uh, placing players but also what does mom and dad say about jeff todd and chris right and i think that's a major component to it so we're, we're excited that's going to go off we're going to start in 2024 um which we're in now but it'll be the fall of 2024 we'll go through the uh the academy, you know, the academy part yep the academy piece and uh and, and start moving moving things forward i mean so uh again advocacybaseball.com um chris appreciate you Take some time here with us today. Yeah, of course, of course. We've, we've talked to you about four times this morning before we even got on already. Thanks, Todd started bringing us at 6 30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 6 30. You know, I'm so yeah. sleeping. So that sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, that's how it works. But I want I want to thank Architect Sports, yeah. obviously, Advocacy and uh, the Stretch Lady, Ali Faber. Uh, for being a part of uh, everything that we do with the show here, I want to. I want you know, it's it's the Vino Bambino Studio, I love it. and Scott Venerelli, who is a former teammate of mine at Maryland, when we started to put this whole thing together, sent us a check to, you know, to upfit it and do whatever, nice. and uh, and uh, just, and there you, there you go, perfect example, right? A guy that I went to Maryland with, and yep. you know, grinded it out and successful, and um, followed what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it, and. And, and uh so it's the vino bambino studio <laughs> in crazy. the frozen tundra of charlotte north yeah. carolina how about 35. how about this how about this 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 uh global warming going on yeah love it's it like, oh, yeah, 23 <laughs> degrees right now so. and i gotta yeah. fly up to new york tomorrow morning so oh, it's man. uh i was just, i was just talking to my buddy uh he's traveling and he was in uh, st louis a couple of days ago he got off the plane he's walking uh, he had to get something to eat he was in his hotel negative 13 wind chill dude I mean, let's Did you see, see the guy. What, what, what was that game? The, the guy had no shirt on. It was like below. It was like 20 it was below. Was, 
Oh yeah, can't like yeah. So his that that guy's funeral is just coming Saturday. (laughs) Just so just so you know, hopefully yeah, you guys show up there. uh, Ridiculous, yeah, Yeah. not for me. No, no. And then yesterday I watched they were watching the Buffalo game where the guy was like plowing his own way through his seats. They were like they couldn't even. I mean. Nuts. They didn't pay enough people to shovel, and they're like, "Oh, what a great memory!" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> you know, you're sitting on the couch watching it. You just you had to have three toes amputated. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, cool, man. So uh, we're looking forward to yep. this again. AdvocacyBaseball.com. Um, check us out. Yep. Call us. We'll you know we'll we'll talk to you. We'll give you a free consultation. We'll let you know what we're doing, and uh, and uh, and we we appreciate it, and we appreciate everybody listening to Schaefer Baseball Report, and we'll do this again. Next Wednesday. Yep. Sounds good. All right. I appreciate everybody. Hey, we're gonna have Edwin Thompson on next weekend from nice. from Georgetown. Perfect. By the That'll way, be a good one, wonderful. So it'll be it. So we'll and as we go forward and we'll get together, we'll have more college, college coaches, coaches involved yeah, and sure. uh, give you the insight. We appreciate everybody and peace out.